Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bookworm Podcast. <laughs> Today is episode uh, t- 12. Yeah, 12. I'm Jo. And I'm Hannah. And I'm Jo again. And I'm Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jo. <laughs> and I'm Hannah. We need to stop, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yes, and today we are going to be looking at the second book in the School Do Magic series. School Do Magic series, also known as my favourite series, also also known as the series that no one ever has read. Yes. Other than Hannah, who it took me like a year to force... Actually, I've been working on this for about a year and a half, haven't yeah. I? <laughs> other than Hannah, who I've forced to read, I've never met another human who has read it. <laughs> so if you've read it, or if you read it because of us, please let us know, I would lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's called um, Lessons in Etiquette. Yeah, this... Well... This series incorporates a lot of plot themes that run through several books and um, it kind of swaps and changes between different plots and different storylines and integrates some together and stuff. So this kind of introduces the second, one of the main storylines because the first one introduced her schooling and the idea of the necromancers attacking. This one is a very different kind of it feels different. It's almost like it's yeah. in a different world because it doesn't focus on the magicians as much. It focuses on the aristocracy and the politics and like the kings and queens and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it yeah. So it kind of introduced the Zangaria storyline. Zangaria is one of the kingdoms, and so yeah, it, it's different. It's got a lot more introducing to do. But I know you really liked the difference, didn't you, Hannah? Yeah. I um I read this on holiday and I read it in like a couple of days. Yeah. And I made notes on it as I went along, and the first note I made was so much better yeah honestly the way it flows the readability of it was just so much better the way it was written the politics of it it kind of had a kind of it didn't feel like it was trying to be harry potter which was a little bit of a complaint you had for the first one yeah definitely of having a magic boarding school you know that there was there's always going to be similarities whereas this one it kind of had a Lord of the Rings, Game of Thronesy vibes with Definitely. the politics, but also kind of a medieval kingdom type, yeah. real world vibe, just yeah. a real world book with magic. So it was so interesting because, um, like, as we went along, Emily starts you kind of like introduces that she's kind of been um, introducing things from Earth. Yeah, she's a bit of an inventor. Yeah. Yeah, so she's kind of known as like this inventor. She's like she's invented like the printing press, so newspapers are starting to pop up. Um, and she's trying to get uh, steam engines involved. Well, I've got a list here of things she's invented so far, if you want me to go through them. Go through it. So the first thing she invented in her first year was a bra, because uh, all they had was very kind of basic like stuff. So she invented a bra. She invented stirrups for horses. Um, and then she introduced, because um, they don't speak in a different language, and they, have a, they had a counting system kind of, more similar to Roman numerals but more complicated so she introduced English letters and Arabic numerals which kind of allowed businesses to do their own um, accounting and stuff and not rely on like guilds who were charging a ridiculous amount and kind of extorting them because they could manipulate people's finances and keep a bigger cut for themselves so she's kind of massively hated by a lot of the guilds because the accountants guild completely flopped because they couldn't handle you know well, they, just the corruption was kind of massively shown when people started to understand their own finances, and also it's kind of hugely increased literacy levels across like the kingdoms that have embraced it because it's just something that people can understand rather than and and like kind of 
in like the streets you notice like little stalls popping up and like people like doing like lessons in the street and teaching people these and yeah it was really interesting that she's added them and she's also got prototypes or stuff in the works for steam engines and for gunpowder those are her inventions so far yeah but I, what i found really interesting about that was that she was contemplating whether or not to introduce electricity mm. and then if she introduces electricity will people eventually find out about like um nuclear power mm. and like trying to break atoms and stuff and then she was like like that's maybe too far like um earth isn't perfect yes yeah, how much kind of does she want to introduce and also yeah. if she introduced this basic stuff you know because she probably didn't have the skills to introduce electricity and also the machinery is not there but if she introduced the idea that in having a, you know that types of energy can be converted and like the steam engine has got the idea that how a, you know a rotating thing powered by steam can power an engine if she starts introducing that and then another inventor comes along and develops it will it go the same direction as earth will it go a completely different direction will it all be weaponized will it create a worse world or a better one mm. so she has all these questions herself and also the rest of the world has these questions it is is really interesting it's like yeah. an, an accelerated industrial revolution that she's created yeah and yeah it's cool because it raises a lot of questions within in her world but also in our world yeah you know about um is the world better now or was it better back when you know like um medicine wasn't as good and poverty was you know really um uh you know across everywhere obviously it's better yeah, now we live but... longer now but then there's also the threat of we could be what we could honestly wipe ourselves out now which they wouldn't have the ability to do yeah. 500 years ago mm -hmm. it also raises questions looking at the future is, are, is technology getting too clever yeah. is it worrying that our computers can collect so much information about us and all this and like, yeah. you know, and the fact that we're making life so easy for ourselves we no longer have to live life yeah which I, I find all that stuff really interesting so yeah it, it's wow that got deep it did <laughs> um, so um, should we I'll do a very quick maybe not so quick i don't really know how much i'm going to talk about this i'll just talk about it plot summary um, so in her first year emily makes friends with a girl called alassa and alassa has invited her to come to her kingdom uh, well her, her parents invited her um to invite emily to the kingdom of zangaria and the kind of the city of alexis is where the palace is so she invites her back there with her um, before they leave the school, Emily goes for a walk with uh, Jade. Jade propo well, proposes to her mm. and when they're out on that walk. Also when they're on the walk, because Void, who is her guardian, he can like freeze time in a small bubble for a short period of time. So whenever he drops in to see Emily, she'll be like midway through doing something and then time will freeze and she's like, hi Void. Um, <laughs> so like literally jade proposes and then vo then time freezes and she's like void <laughs> i was in the middle of something there but she was kind of happy for the time to think mm. but then void was telling her about the situation in zangario and what he would like her to do and you know what to watch out for and then she says to jade that she's not interested in marriage yet and that she wants to complete her schooling and kind of pauses that relationship um and also encourages her because he offered to stay at the school as an apprentice or like a teaching assistant so he could be with her but she says like no go and do your apprenticeship i don't want to hold you back in life because yeah. an apprenticeship after school is the only real way it's there's no kind of university so once school's finished the only way to become a sorcerer is to get an apprenticeship so he goes and does that um then you would 
then you meet Lady Bab, yeah. who is my favourite character in the entire series. I love her in my mind. She looks like Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. She's kind of a sweetheart, but also quite formidable. To start with, she hates Emily because she hates Void. Um, and she is the guard that is taking her and Alassa from Whitehall, the school, to Zangaria. And on the tour on the way back, because all uh, the kind of, they know that um, Alassa's father wants to find her a husband and like a royal prince or a consort or yeah so they are that's they kind of know that that's going to be the theme what's going on the summer and they need to alas needs to meet all the princes and find a suitable husband so on the way back they stop at several kingdoms and um pick up princes but also spend time being entertained by the kingdoms it just allows us to see several different types of kingdoms and different kings some of which might get important later or might not um so yeah, it just allows you to see different and the kind of things that matter to the kings as you go across. And also all the kings are complaining about the new learning and stuff like this. There's an assassin attempt when they're in the um, like first, in kingdom, first Kingdom. When they're, I called. think Alluvia, I think. Um, I did write it all down. I think the first one was called Alluvia and the second one was called Red Rose. Yeah. And, yep. um, and then towards the end of the journey, they're going over some mountains and they see a cockatrice. Now, for those of you that aren't mytho mythological creature nerds, a cockatrice is kind of like the inverse of a basilisk. This is kind of information I got off online about the kind of backstory of cockatrices. It's an inverse of a uh, basilisk in that one is a chicken's egg hatched under a frog, a toad, and yeah. one is a frog's egg hatched under a chicken and i can't remember which way around it is but if you've got a chicken and a toad <laughs> try it <laughs> cross them over you got two crazy beasts <laughs> um, but yeah so a cockatrice is kind of the head of a chicken and the body of a dragon they describe it in the world as it was a creature created by the fairy in the fairy wars and that it is kind of a it's not a natural creature it's constantly in pain but they normally stay away from humans which makes them think that it's a as another assassin attempt so they get um, the princes and Princess Alassa all right back to the back of the column to protect them, and Emily and Lady Barb and the other, like and the guard are all fighting the cockatrice, and because Emily's got a trunk which is essentially it's like a Mary Poppins bag, mm. it's like a pocket dimension that will is bigger on the inside, and she manages to adjust the spells to increase the entrance, and she manages to lure after they all nearly die and all that, she manages yeah. to lure the cockatrice into the case which I find hilarious me too and then she's just walking around with a cockatrice in her case like I really hope it doesn't break out yeah for like <laughs> the rest of the book and like she keeps being like I want to read this book and then she can't get to the book in case she releases a cockatrice um, does and... she name the cockatrice something or is that in the next one no I don't think she named the cockatrice does she not oh the cockatrice does oh well we'll talk about the cockatrice later so yeah there's just a random cockatrice in the trunk which is just I just find it so funny <laughs> um, and yeah so then she then they get to alexis and they meet king randor who's alas's father who looks like thor in my head yeah they just literally like, the description of him was thor it was thor and i was like he had long-ish blondish hair he was like fairly muscly he kind of spoke a bit like thor which kind of makes him hard to hate because right who can hate someone? I mean, sorry to be shallow, but who can hate anyone that looks like that? Right. <laughs> and so then I, because Joe, I was like talking to Joe while I was uh, reading it, 
And she was like, oh, what do you think of Alas's father? Oh, I hate him. And I was like, oh, he's all right. He looks like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you also meet Alessa's mum, Queen Marlena. Um, there's kind of ridiculously posh balls and dances every single evening where, like, um, so Alessa can dance with all the princes and Emily hates them because she she's not sociable at all. She'd rather be at home with a book. Like, just... Mm. You know, relatable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like she just can't stand all the posh, expensive balls and like the dresses and all that. Um, so yes, yeah, it's kind of plays out in the kingdom, and then she meets Zeb, who is the court prince, mm -hmm. and also because um, it's a big thing in Zangaria that Alassa is King Randall's only daughter, and he's tried for years to have a son. He tried with other people, other than his wife, to have. He's just so desperate for more heirs because if Alassa died there'd be a civil war because all the barons would fight for power so um, and Emily kind of realises as she looks at the family tree that less and less, there's less and less children every generation yes, and that is the court um Oh my god, what's it called? Uh, Alchemist. Alchemist, yeah. And but Zeb, when she's there, reveals that he'd been working on the royal bloodline, and it essentially is genetic manipulation. That instead of changing, you know, like changing someone's arm into a tentacle, it will change <laughs> it in the next generation. So as time has gone on, they've developed the magical bloodline, and anyone who marries into the family drinks a potion that make, brings them into the magical bloodline, which kind of makes the relation. In essentially the same problem you've had with incest because they're making their genetics also similar which heightens like Alassa's like visually perfect she heals quicker she's harder to manipulate or transfigure um like she's she's got a lot of protections worked into her bloodline but and also it means that she can't lie to the head of the blood essentially her father the king or when she becomes queen her children won't be able to lie to her because the royal bloodline forces her to tell the truth that's if she can have children uh, yeah because then, then there's a lot of speculation about whether she can actually because the whole family's become more and more sterile as yeah. time's gone on so emily realizes that and tells alassa who tells her father so then zeb's kind of like intro also zeb has an apprentice called brian who i really like um but he's not really relevant what was he called brian i like brian yeah i read it as brain <laughs> it might be brain yeah that's, brian. no that's probably just me yeah <laughs> Right, because I listened to it on the audiobook, and on the audiobook it's Brian, so okay, it's make of it what you will. Um, yeah, so um, he kind of hates her because he gets her in big trouble in the job, and he eventually leaves because of that realization about the bloodline. And then Emily goes out to see a maker, and a maker's father, like her family, and the, her father owns the workshop that she's been selling all these ideas to, so he's the one that's been developing. So this is where she sees the, the steam train, like development and the ideas and what's going on with that and she learns all about that and she sees a maker and stuff and then they go out in the town and there's an, an assassin attempt and yep. she freezes and she panics and then Lady Barb has to save them because Lady Barb is the best. You know you said Lady Barb looks like Brienne? Yeah. I just imagine her to be Brienne. Oh yeah, she's Brienne. Like it's the same person. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then when they, they capture one of the guys that tried to kill her and they torture out well no they don't torture her, they make a deal with him that they'll protect him if they tell them who hired him and it was the Duke of Iron who is King Randall's brother um, married to the Duchess of Iron obviously um, they don't really get names um, but yeah so it was the Duke of Iron, he was one of his household guards and he was acting under him and then 
they go and question him and he's questioned under the true spells of the royal bloodline and it's uh, they work out that it wasn't him because he couldn't have lied and he said it wasn't him and then they're like okay so, but something is going on here and then it gets to the point where Alessa is uh, Alessa? Alessa is confirmed as King Randall's heir and um, which she kind of was already but to make her confirmed kind of makes it a more solid position she starts taking on more responsibility she then is someone that they can marry off so when she's at her ceremony everything goes wrong and the um duke of iron kind of it like falls over like ugh, falls over. he collapses he like collapses he's, he's it's described as like a puppet who had his strings cut which i really love that imagery mm, i imagine it like a kind of heart attack kind of yeah thing. and then they kidnap randall well no they they take randall basically they take everyone except for emily manages to get her and alassa out and they run to a makers and then they are like hiding in the city because they've taken over the guard and it's like a coup attempt that was kind of run by the barons they suspect and then they go to a maker and a maker uh, a maker and her father and her father's on the council which kind of has very very little power because it's not people born into aristocracy but they want more power and as there's the rise of the middle class as they start inventing more and more and more they get more and more power and they kind of want to start improving stuff for the people of the city and the people that voted them in mm. so they meet the council they try and get the council to help them but then they nearly all get killed halfway through but then the council's like sure we'll help you but then Alassa gets kidnapped and brought back so then they're trying to save Alassa and then the council all go and make a distraction and like attack all the guards at the same time so that Emily can sneak into the castle using uh, she has a hanky with Alassa's blood on it so she uses that to get into the castle and to find Alassa and she finds Alassa and realises that she's been controlled by blood magic so she manages to free her by using the blood to kind of dive into her soul but in doing that she sees loads of Alassa's memories and Alassa sees loads of her memories so Alassa kind of she like afterwards she's asking what were those dragon things and Emily's like what and then she realised she meant aeroplanes um, <laughs> and yeah and then there's the bird magician who can turn himself into a load of birds who was kind of one of the he was the magician behind it all um and he kind of attacks her and she's like nearly losing and then she releases the cockatrice out of her trunk and then there's just an angry cockatrice that's in the castle for like a lot of it i'm sorry i'm really feeling like i'm babbling am i doing okay hannah yeah you're Is doing it great okay? you're doing cool. great I, the, yeah so the angry cockatrice she climbs out the window and goes oh, actually that happened before she woke up alassa but anyway angry cockatrice and um then she and Alassa go and free all the princes who then have to help them so they're all being chivalrous and being like I shall protect you and it's like yeah we just saved you um <laughs> and then they go and try and find Alassa's father and in the end they find the Duchess of Iron and it turns out she was the one behind it because she was one of the Baron's daughter so she was controlling the Duke of Iron and also was the one minute you know behind it all and trying to overthrow them and making a grab for power and then she has a lassa by uh, like with a knife to her throat like yeah i'm gonna kill her if emily doesn't swear that she'll serve me and then they manage to kind of fight their way out of that one and a lassa executes her and chops her head off with a sword um badass pretty much and then like king randall they save everyone and it's like woohoo and king randall is like thanking all the people that like, helped end the coup plot so like a maker's father Paran gets a he gets ennobled and 
and then he thanks a few other people and gives them rewards and then emily becomes a baroness so she's a set because one of the barons was executed because he was one of the major plotters so she gets the old barony of gold i think it is which they renamed baroness baron the baron cockatrice Hell and yeah. she is baroness that, cockatrice I love that so and much. they do eventually catch the cockatrice and put it back in the trunk um <laughs> And so, yes, she is now one of the most powerful people in that kingdom. Mm. And yeah, that's kind of where it ends with the whole plot of it being let's find a husband for Alassa. Just forgotten. oh yeah, with all that, they decide not to find a husband for Alassa. Yeah, they have to start the process all over again because all the princesses that had come to is her age when it counted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, before we dive into the characters, yeah. I have three questions. I have two questions for you, so <gasps> I can count, I promise. The first one is the start. And then you're not allowed to mention the spoiler that I accidentally gave you the other week. Um, but what do you think of Emily and Jade? As a what couple? do I think of Emily and Jade? Um, do you ship it? Do you not? Not entirely. I might have shipped it more if we'd have seen more of their that relationship. That is true. Like, instead of him being... Um, will you marry me if it had been more of like a let's be boyfriend and girlfriend yeah there was a lot of mention that in the first book they'd gone out for walks and stuff but you didn't actually see it and see the conversation so it's hard to ship them when they just didn't focus on it enough yeah my second question is are there any characters you want to see more of and any characters you want to see less of i want to see more of cat yes more cat please i love cat i like cat and because he reminds me of simon Mm-hmm. I don't. You said so, you Simon from the Shadow Hunter series. That yeah, is. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, uh, and so yeah. So I like Cat. I don't. Like, right. Looks alone. I view Cat to be the most attractive person on the planet. Nah. No. Right. In my mind, he is just. He is like dream guy. <laughs> Whereas Cat, um, by the if you've not seen our previous one, Cat was in Emily's martial magic class, and he's in fifth year when she's in first year. And she's on. He's on her team, and he kind of comes and goes and stuff. But yeah, he's awesome. Is the kind of main theme of that. Anyone else? <laughs> uh, that I'd like to see more of. Um, well, we didn't really see. Um, what did you? I call it Imka. What did you say? Imka. Imka. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see more of her. We didn't see her that much in the second one, which is understandable because it was just like, yeah, let's trail around behind Alatha and see if she gets a husband. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like kind of how it started off. Yeah. Um, but so I'd kind of like to see a bit more of her. Although I have started reading the third one and she's in that. Yeah. More. Um, who else? Lady Barb, of course. Yeah. Uh, but again, kind of spoilers for the next book but she starts teaching I love there. Lady Barb <laughs> the best Lady Barb book is the fourth one okay so I'm close <laughs> yes <laughs> um, for me I would like to see more of the cockatrice <laughs> I mean you don't really but I would like to nice um, you barely get any more mention of Brian who's Zeb's apprentice but I would really like more Brian or Brain yeah. or whatever you want to call him because he kind of seemed um, I don't know like friends with Emily a bit kind of like like they were on a similar page yeah do you know what I mean yeah like they were um in a similar situation almost like mm-hmm. learning from people yeah and it's hard to explain I don't know yeah yeah if there, there was more of them I could potentially ship it but I don't yeah yeah so yeah that was the kind of characters what did you think of the characters overall like do they draw you in um more than the last book yeah i liked alassa more than the last book yeah um you're not meant to like alassa in the first book no yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is fine um 
and I like um, Imika's dad. Interesting. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like him, yeah. So yeah, that's about it for characters. Um, positives and negatives. I've got some positives. Okie dokie. There were um, a lot of times we'd kind of go through the plot and then every couple pages there'd be like a history lesson which i loved yeah. that was like um emily was like this is happening in her world but then back on earth do you remember when napoleon did this to germany or something she kind of uses old battle tactics or lessons from earth history and she uses them to kind of predict what to do in this world yeah which is like a similar thing to what she's doing with inventing stuff but i just oh i just love it i really like history kind of things as well yeah um so yeah it was just really cool to learn yeah. and I was like oh I we actually know learned quite a lot from yeah. it didn't we yeah yeah it was really cool um and then um the other thing I like is kind of how realistic it is because obviously it's a fantasy um series but um there's a potion that's made that it's mentioned about how um you, you take it and like guys take it and it elongates a certain part of the body <laughs> and it's like yeah if there was magic someone would definitely try and invent that like, yeah exactly and it yeah. would almost definitely go wrong which it does <laughs> yeah so like these aren't major plot points they're just kind right. of little side comments about stuff and it's just kind of there's nothing that you read and you go that would never happen no yeah. and it just fe- yeah it feels kind of what people would do if they had yeah definitely yeah um and then do you have any positives that you want to add lady barb 100% positive. Cockatrice, 100% positive. <laughs> no, um, positives. I, I really like this book. I like the politics of it all. Yeah, me too. It's quite... I know I know. I probably say this a lot, but it was quite Game of Thronesy. Mm-hmm. I liked that side of it. Because um, it was a nice break, I guess, from the school stuff. It was a less magical book, because whilst Emily and Alassa have magic, and there's a magical enemy and a maker's got magic, it's mainly looking at the non-magical world Mm. and there were other you know there were lots of plot lines that are all about the magical world and it's quite nice to see how people live without magic in that medieval society but they will live without magic when other people do have magic and kind of yeah yeah. okay so then negatives Mm -hmm. you got any i've got two go for it there was a lot of winking Oh yeah, she 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 would message me a photo of the book every time everybody winked. Anyone winked. It and it was, was a lot. I didn't even notice it, but yeah, now she's pointed it all out, there's a lot of winking. Just like I don't I don't know. In every other book I've read, if people wink maybe once in like a series because I don't wink at all. Yeah, I found this weird. Hannah's like, I never wink. And I, I, we were messaging about this when she was reading. I was like, what, you've never winked to anyone? And she's like, no, I just don't wink. And I was like, that's weird. Just try it out. Have a wink. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just threw one your way. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I use winking all the time because when I'm trying to know my left and rights, I'm, I've, it took me like 15, 16 years of my life to manage to learn my left and right. <laughs> and that is because I can only wink in my left eye. So if I'm driving and the sat nav or whoever's giving me directions goes, okay, and then you turn right here, I'll wink at them and then know that it's the eye that I didn't wink in. <laughs> you should just wink more. Just saying. I'll, I'll try. I'll give it a go. Yeah. And then my other negative was how does she know about all of the different inventions that she's doing? Like, I wouldn't know how a steam yeah. works. Like, I couldn't build up basic plans of it. And I know there's, like, a spell that she uses that, like, yeah, takes a... it out of her deep well, memory or firstly, something. firstly, as a bookworm in Earth, 
because mm. she, she books were an escapist escapism for her because she had, we had a really miserable family so she read but she loved non-fiction so i think she did read a lot of books mainly about history Mm -hmm. but i I do agree that she knows a bit too much and but a lot of it is like she didn't really understand this so she gave a basic like overview of it to omega's father and then it would take him a few years with all the geniuses to work it out there's a lot more of that but yeah there was she doesn't know a lot yeah so that's my that's the one bit that maybe isn't as realistic yeah um but apart from that Cool. I really enjoyed it. Shall we give reviews? Uh, yes. A plot. Plot. I would give it a between nine or seven, which kind of makes me remember the number eight. So I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'd give it an eight as well. I um, I enjoyed it. Characters. Uh, I'm going to go with a seven. I'm going to give it a nine because I've never loved a character as much as I love Lady Barb. Until we get more cat, I'm going to keep it low. Okay. Or like lowers in like seven or eight. I really need to sneeze. Okay, go for it. <laughs> no, it's gone. <laughs> Isn't that the worst feeling? <laughs> it's the, literally the worst. Okay, false alarm, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, character white. Yeah. Oh, we did that one, didn't we? We did do characters. Sneezes are so distracting. <laughs> yeah. I just love Lady Barb so much. Feels? Did you get any feels? Uh, no, not really. No, it's not a really feelsy book. Um, I feel like the feels category is very dependent on like the book because the books in later in a series are usually more feely. That is true, but I I would kind of expand it out that with feels I would include happy emotions as well. Yeah. So it did make me laugh with the cockatrice. Maybe not laugh out loud, but I found that very amusing. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I agree. Oh, there was a kind of grotesque moment we didn't mention this in the review where they go out hunting and they're hunting animals oh, yeah. and they kill one of the animals and then when it dies it transfigures into a human and it turns out that criminals that do such awful crimes that they decide death isn't enough for them get permanently transfigured into like a boar and then left in the hunting grounds and they will eventually die but they don't know when and they kind of have an animal mind and that is the punishment that is their kind of death sentence which that just they get. seems horrible to me and emily could see that she didn't realize well she she was never keen on hunting anyway and then they did it and she just completely broke down and so that was kind of grotesque kind of makes you go Ugh. and then lady bob gave her a hug i love lady bob <laughs> yeah yeah so i guess like a three maybe yeah shall we yeah oh, ooh, sorry words they eluded me world <laughs> world yeah um again well because i feel like we saw a different side to this world so i'm yeah. a nine i really liked it yeah i would agree with that a nine readability so much better oh my god yeah like, nine every book in this series i've read from start to finish just like that except for when i eat which i eat a lot um <laughs> but yeah it's very readable i give it and i should give it a 10 because i read it in one go okay cool overall um, overall uh what's it did though i could last one six i'm gonna give it a eight i'm gonna give it an eight okay cool so that kind <laughs> of brings us to the end of that podcast it was quite a long one to be honest i've just seen the time and we kind oh, of babbled yeah. on for ages didn't we I did oh well just deal with it. <laughs> I hope you um, enjoyed that one. Um, do you want to say the, the stuff about the emails? Yeah, because <laughs> I know it and Joe doesn't. <laughs> I, I just can't remember what they are. <laughs> <laughs> so if you would like to get in contact with your thoughts on uh, Lessons in Etiquette, please read it and then we'll feel so much better about ourselves. <laughs> um, 
or if you've got any rec- book recommendations, film recommendations, literally we'll read slash watch anything. Well, anything within reason. Yeah. Um, and so uh, if you want to do any of that, you can tweet us. Um, our Twitter is at bookwormpodcast or you can email us at thebookwormpodcast at gmail.com. Everything will be in the description, so don't worry. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>